Hello, friends, and welcome to the Diabetes Pro Tip Series from the Juice Box Podcast. These episodes have been remastered for better sound quality by Rob at Wrong Way Recording. When you need it done right, you choose Wrong Way. WrongWayRecording.com Initially imagined by me as a 10-part series, the Diabetes Pro Tip Series has grown to 26 episodes. These episodes now exist in your audio player between episode 1000 and episode 1025. They are also available online at DiabetesProTip.com and JuiceBoxPodcast.com. This series features myself and Jennifer Smith. Jenny is a CDE and a Type 1 for over 35 years. This series was my attempt to bring together the management ideas found within the podcast in a way that would make it digestible and revisitable. It has been so incredibly popular that these 26 episodes are responsible for well over a half of a million downloads within the Juicebox podcast. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. This episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by Ascensia Diabetes, makers of the Contour Next Gen Blood Glucose Meter. And they have an amazing offer for you. Right now, at my link only, contournext.com forward slash juice box free meter, you can get an absolutely free Contour Next Gen starter kit. That's contournext.com forward slash juice box free meter. While supplies last, U.S. residents only. This show is sponsored today by the glucagon that my daughter carries, Gvoke Hypopen. Find out more at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juicebox. The remastered Diabetes Pro Tip series from the Juicebox podcast is sponsored by Touched by Type 1. See all of the good work they're doing for people living with type 1 diabetes at touchedbytype1.org and on their Instagram and Facebook pages. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 301 of the Juicebox podcast. Today in a pro tip episode, Jenny and I will talk about glucagon, emergency lows, just, you know, how to manage that kind of a scenario and what happens if you need glucagon and how do you use it, that kind of stuff. It's not a bummer. Don't worry. Jenny and I laughed more during this one than most of them. So we're going to go over how to use the glucagon, what glucagon is, what does it do, the three different kinds that we could think of that are on the market. Pretty much, it's a nuts-to-bolts glucagon extravaganza talking about low blood sugar. So where else are you going to talk about people having seizures and hearing them laugh at the same time? I mean, who else is putting out diabetes content laughing about a seizure? It's not funny, by the way. It's just the situation was funny. You'll see when you get to it. Don't get upset. I liked your idea a lot of doing a pro tips for glucagon, and I was wondering if we couldn't meld it together with like emergency situation ideas yeah. as well. You know what I mean? So I just, I realized, well, we'll, we'll talk about it while yeah. we're talking about it. I don't know how to start this, honestly. Um, I can tell you that we buy glucagon religiously. I always have some. When it expires, we always get more. We've never used it. <laughs> We've had opportunity to use it twice when Arden was little and both times opted to try glucose gel mm -hmm. instead, which worked. Um, 
here's the best place to tell the story, I guess. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure I've said it here before, so I'll encapsulate a little bit. But, you know, when Arden was really newly diagnosed, she was probably like two and a half years old. And thinking back now, knowing everything that I know, she was probably honeymooning still. Right. right? And I had no one ever spoke those words to me ever. I didn't know that was a thing back then. Um, and we got kind of ahead of ourselves one day. And Kelly was getting ready to leave on a business trip. She was going to go overseas. And it was like six or seven hours before her car was going to come to take her to the airport. And she's like, hey, uh, I need another piece of luggage. Like, let's go to the mall and get a, a little piece of luggage. I was like, all right. So we jet over to the mall and it's a Sunday. Um, and we're hungry while we're there. So we grab, you know, the, the worst thing in the world, like mall, mall food, chi- chi- Chinese food, <laughs> just not just mall food, mall Chinese food. And I was just like, boom, I counted my carbs. And I was like, pulled up my insulin and the needle, bang, go ahead and eat. I figured this out. And uh, she ate the food. We ate, we bought the bag, we went home. Arden was super little, so she fell asleep in the ride home, during the ride home, only like 15-minute ride. And I carried her into the house and put her in her crib. And my wife's packing, and my son's watching the football game, and everyone's living their life. And all of a sudden... It sounded like there was a wild animal trapped in the house, right? There was like this grunting and grunting and grunting. And, you know, it's like anything. Like, I'm just like, what is that? And I start moving through the house towards the sound. It's coming from Arden's room. And I get into her room and look in the crib. And she is having a seizure, mm-hmm. you know? And I was just like, I did not 100% know what to do. So I picked her up and I went through the house to where Kelly was. And we had just this kind of little area rug. And I said, I'm like, Arden's having a seizure. And so I put her on the floor and I got out the glucagon. So the the red box, yep. you know, that has Which hasn't the, changed has in this, yeah, years. Right, and forever and ever. And this is the one Lily sells, right? And and so um the red box, I pop it open and there's a needle in there. The needle needs to be put together. The needle has liquid in it. I know the liquid needs to be shot into the powder, then it has to be reconstituted and drawn back out. And I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I was so freaked out that I fumbled with that thing and I was nowhere near getting it put together before Kelly was rubbing glucose gel into her cheek. And um, I'm not embarrassed because I look back on that time and I remember when they gave it to us, the nurse made such a big deal of saying, this is life-saving glucagon, <laughs> but but don't worry, you'll never need it. And so when she said that, I was like, well, I'll never need it. Oh, whatever. You, the you good know? thing is and that you so knew where I, it was in the house, at least. It wasn't like, you know, in the bottom of the dog's bed or something, right? You knew where it was. just giving me credit for knowing where you it knew was. where it was. So, <laughs> good. Fair enough. So, so literally during, you know, the, Kelly put the glucose in her cheek. She started to come out of it. Um, I will tell you 100% that the the experience of watching Arden have a seizure will never leave me. I have never forgotten any of the details of it. She was blind, like she couldn't see anybody. She couldn't talk. But I don't think that meant that she wasn't aware of what was happening. Right. Because there's a, I've shared it on the podcast recently, but there's, um, you know, there's a video of her from a year or so later explaining how it felt to have a mm-hmm. seizure. And so you, you, even when you touched her, 
it scared the crap out of her when you touched her, you know? And, and so I just never even figured out how to put it together. I had shown it to nurses. I had shown it to people, like everything. But when the time came, I was like, not very helpful. Right. Um, anyway, the glucose gel did work. Um, and then we went to the hospital. We called 911. And we went to the hospital. And then you got to the hospital. And then the hospital kind of treats you like, you don't really need to be here. Like, there's that kind of feeling. And then you realize, like, oh, it's over It's now. okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's okay. So um, later, while we're talking, I'll tell you about the second time Arden had a seizure. People are going to be like, why am I listening to this podcast? It only happened twice. Just relax. It was in the beginning. <laughs> so I, I guess let's really start at the very beginning, right? Like, what is glucagon and what does it do when you inject it? It's made by the body to begin with, glucagon, right? Mm -hmm. And so in the human body, it's a piece of the glucose management system that your body has in place without diabetes in the picture, right? So okay. you've got this management system of your body releases insulin, your body also releases glucagon, which enables the body to break down glycogen, which is stored form of glucose, right? And so you get this drip, 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 drip of both and that helps to keep things stable through the course of your life. So, you know, in a person without diabetes, you've got blood sugars that might start dipping down. Your body releases a little bit of the glucagon, which enables the body to break down the glycogen into glucose, and it starts to navigate things back up. But it's a seamless system, right? I mean, nobody walking around on the street right now, right now even the most highly educated <clears throat> biochemist, whatever, is probably thinking, oh, I wonder what my body's doing to manage my blood sugar right now. It's just one of those things it that happens. happens. Like breathing. You don't think about it, it happens. But in diabetes, we we kind of have like a faulty system, obviously, right? Our body isn't mm. making insulin anymore, but we still do have this like drip, drip, drip of glucose into our system or we wouldn't need basal insulin, right? Okay. Glucagon, yes. however, is, as you explained well, it's an emergency. We know it as an emergency. We have to use this if this situation is here, right? A low blood sugar, mm -hmm. treat a, a, you know, a friend, a child, a spouse, whoever it might be. So <clears throat> when we inject glucagon, it stimulates a very large amount of breakdown of the glycogen, the stored form of glucose so that the glucose can get into the system, thus bringing the blood sugar up. And it's stored in your liver, right? Glycogen is stored in both liver and muscle cells. Mm -hmm. And muscle mm -hmm. cells. Okay. Mm -hmm. So in a, in a functioning person who doesn't have type one diabetes, your body really is bumping and nudging on Absolutely. its own. It's giving you, it's giving you insulin. And then it's saying, Oh, this person needs a little more glucose. And so I, I, I'll release a little here, I'll release that. And that's happening constantly, yes. back and forth, back and yes. forth all the yes. time. So, so when we're diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, when someone's diagnosed, we always, I mean, for me at least, like in my mind, what happened is Arden's pancreas stopped making insulin. But more happened than that, right? But we just don't talk about the rest of it usually. Like, you know what right. I mean? Like, it, and, and because you hear people say like my pancreas is dead, but it's oh, not. No. It does other. It does way more things than absolutely. That. Absolutely, it does. Right. I mean, you've got more things in your pancreas than just the beta cells. A hundred percent. In yeah. fact, 
the the um the glucagon actually is made in the alpha cells of the pancreas. So a completely like different little cell hanging out, you know, la di da, here I am to do this <laughs> kind of thing, right? So overall, our pancreas isn't dead. It's just a piece of it that's de- it's purposeful. It's just not working as well as you <laughs> yeah. want. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and and okay. So it's interesting, right? Like, so how often do you think? How often do you speak to someone who's needed to use glucagon in an emergency situation? In if I had been doing this 20 years ago, mm-hmm. likely more. Okay. Um, mainly because I think that with the influx of the technology that we have now, we've got mm-hmm. alerts to actually tell us when things are dipping before we would even get to the place of needing glucagon. Now, I mean, yeah. that doesn't mean that it isn't potentially you know, necessary, we've got, um, the standpoint of prolonged exercise, you know, where you've had like, um, people who do like a whole entire Ironman triathlon. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. a huge depletion in your body's glycogen stores. Even if you've been fueling along the way, as you should be, that's a huge Mm -hmm. depletion. Your body has tapped into your stored glucose to fuel that long duration movement. So, I mean, if you have exercise like that, potentially you're going to need something to boost glycogen out of the system to bring a low blood sugar up and or you've got too much insulin there to begin with. For whatever reason, yeah. the dose was wrong or the dose was wrong along with a long act- active day or whatever the scenario, glucagon will potentially at some point be necessary. I knock on wood. I'm not really superstitious, but, um, that's like my grandmother's thing to do. It's like, knock on wood. (laughs) Listen, whatever (laughs) Whatever works. works, Right. But I mean, in 31 (laughs) in plus years with diabetes, I've never had to be given glucagon. I haven't. Um, I mean, my husband knows how to use it. My parents knew how to use it. My teachers at school, my Girl Scout leaders, I mean, everybody that I interacted, they all knew how to use (laughs) glucagon. I went to sleepovers with the glucagon in my bag. I did. Um, Never had to use it, thankfully, in the amount of people that I now work with. I would say it's not not common to have had to use it. At least not, um, I mean, we may talk about this a little bit later, like, different kinds of emergency settings of use. But I mean, there is the benefit of also mini dosing. And some adults, Mm -hmm. especially the adults that I work with, are much more proactive in in trying to offset something they know is not working right, you know. Mm -hmm. And so ability to microdose a glucagon injection and offset a low that you don't pass out from and nobody needs to help you, you can help yourself. Right. It's fun. It's funny the way you put it, because I'm thinking back now, you know, Arden's very infrequently low, but she has like a crazy low once a year that just comes. It appears to come out of nowhere. Right. right? And when you think back on one of those, you realize that without the sensing technology, like if she didn't have a Dexcom, those she would have seizures in those moments. Right. Because it's it's unexpected, first of all. It's not like I've done anything different that day than another day. I'm not standing around all day going, well, this is going to be right. the day. It never happens. No. It never happens on a day when you're like, something's going to get squirrely right. today, right? It's never that no. day, right? 
And so, you know, you're it's one, two o'clock in the morning and you get the alarm and you realize she's falling way faster than you, you have any expectation for. So there's something, whatever it is, pushing down on her blood sugar and nothing to resist it in the other direction. Right. And it's just falling and falling and falling. So we get, you know, we get an alarm. You go in, you give her, I, I mean, for me, I give her juice first because I find that works very quickly. Like it's get, it, the way I think of it is like, let's get something in there working while we do the right. rest, right? Then I look for things like, they're like palatable quick. Um, I always look for like a banana in that situation because it's not hard to eat a banana. It's sugary, right? And then, you know, I'll roll back to another juice if I have to. Um, but you'll see those those crazy lows go like 70, 60, 50, and they fall really quickly. And before you know it, you're treating it 50. Um, and you would have treated sooner. You just, there was no right. time. And you're, you're treating it 50. You're into the 30s. Now you're testing. Now you're doing the like. <laughs> Are you feeling like, in my mind? <laughs> yeah, let me double check this, right? So you're, you finally have a second. There's some food in. So now you hit a finger stick and it says something like 30 or 26 or something ridiculous. And you're just like, okay, now I'm here waiting for her to either have a seizure or not. Right. Like that is really what it feels like. Like I've put the food in, it's in there. It's going to do something. And, you know, and, and, and you're just, I don't know about everybody else, but I test and then I wait like not long, you know, it's like four right. or five minutes later and you test again and you're looking for just any sign of stability. Did the 38 stay at 38? Did it, come to 40? Did it be, yeah, did it go right. to 40? Cause if it went to 40, I don't think she's going to have a seizure, right? Like, and so I think everyone needs to know how to handle a moment yes, like that. Absolutely, you, you know what I mean. But I'm now, now you know, having seen that moment a few times in my life, I see as you're talking that without the sensing technology, she would have went from fifty to thirty, and the the alarm I would have gotten would have been the grunting right. and the and the the seizure would have right. been the seizure. And without, right? and then I would have been, yeah. And without this technology, I mean, I. I thankfully, even to this point, I, I still have symptoms for lows. I do. Even yeah. with the technology that I have that alerts me and whatnot, I still know when I, I, I know usually even before my system is going to tell me, I, I can tell where I am. What's your number when you know you're low? My number is usually in what? the 60s. Hey, Arden's at 60. Yeah. She knows it's 60. Um, but, you know, years ago when I was first diagnosed, in fact, a good a good case where I, my parents probably could have used glucagon, but didn't. Uh, it was mm -hmm. the summer, like several months after I was diagnosed, we were camping, had been out playing, you know, rafting in the pool at the beach, doing everything that you would normally do when you're on vacation, you know, and it was the yeah. evening and my dad was making popcorn at the fire and we were all going to sit around and whatever you do at, you know, play games. And you know, it was time for me to check my blood sugar because it was like nighttime, right? It was bedtime almost. Right. So I sit down, I check my blood sugar and my mom was like, that number's not right. And I looked at the number and I mean, I was the age that I knew numbers and I knew where my numbers should technically be. And it was yeah. 26 <laughs> on my meter. And, you and were this just, is like and you were those fine, old, right? like old meters that took like four minutes to test. You had to swipe the blood off, stick it back in the machine, push another <laughs> button, wait for it to actually give you a value. But yeah, 26, my mom's like, that's not right. She's like, did you wash your, you know, all the things I washed my hands again. And like, I tested again. My mom's like, how are you feeling? I'm like, I, I feel like I did like 30 minutes ago. I'm like totally fine, mom. You know, she tested again. Right. It was like 25. It was like, literally it hadn't moved. And my mom was like, like my mom is, the kind of person who's just like, oh my God, like seriously, you know, and my dad was right there and he's like, well, just give her some juice. 
And my mom's like, <laughs> my mom's like, this number isn't juice. This is like we got to do. And he's like, give her the juice. She's talking. She's fine. She's answering questions. You know, I mean, I can remember this very vividly. Right. Give her the juice. Right. I drank the juice. You know, my mom's like, okay, let's check again. You know, like all the things. And certainly mm-hmm. it started coming up. It was slow and it's a painful yeah. wait. It really is. But I mean, mm. my mom was like there. She was like, that glucagon is going to be here in 15 minutes if this juice that your dad wanted to give you is not working. I mean, and who knows the, what was the accuracy of a machine like 30 years ago? You know, I mean, my blood sugar could have right. been 50. Who knows? But yeah, again, I think you also have to judge those scenarios like, okay, she can take something in to eat. She's talking. He's talking. The person's, you know, with me. Can we actually yeah. like do the glucose gel? Can you do glucose tablets? Can is it safe to do something to chew? Should we just ha- do some juice? Um, I mean, right. but glucagon is always there. If you don't know and you can't tell, use the glucagon. It's it's yeah. going to work for you. Yeah, but it's the only thing you have at that point right. too. It it's because you know just as I'm describing Arden having a you know a bad low, she could still eat and reason and talk right. and all that stuff. And so that's fine. But when she was seizing, you couldn't have, she couldn't have drank anything or eaten anything. That wasn't happening. She was gone. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, she needed, she, you know, perfect world situation. We would have used the glucagon in that scenario for certain, you know, it's just, it's, and it's, listen, I have to say this too. It's frightening. But if you think you're going to live a whole life with type one diabetes and not get into a situation where you test and see a 26 and, I think you're wrong. I think it's going to happen at some point. I used to tell, it's funny because you described how everyone in your life knew how to use glucagon. And I've done the same thing, right? You've explained it to a million people. Then it never comes up. And I think that sort of builds a false narrative in those people's heads. Like, oh, this diabetes isn't as bad as these people say, (laughs) right? Because they showed us this emergency thing. We've never used it. It's it's, it's not a real concern because it never happens. I do think that's one thing that happens, but but the other thing is that is that you have this kind of feeling of I don't know, like like it's it, it's never going to happen, but it could. Mm-hmm. It, it just it really could happen, and and if it does, you can't be freaking out in that moment because right. trust me, I freaked out once, and if Kelly wasn't there, I don't know what would have happened right. to Arden because I was like not processing well, and then since then. You know, you learn the second. Yeah. You know, story time. The second time Arden had a seizure, we were at Disney <laughs> um, and we had spent the entire time day at a park. And we were coming, coming back later at night. It was hot. We were walking. She was eating. We were giving her insulin, you know, the way we thought we should. We were testing. She didn't have a glucose meter a long time ago. And we're, we're within like visual sight of our hotel walking back through the park. And this popsicle salesman's walking at us. It's like 1030 at night. And I remember looking up and seeing this guy holding these giant popsicles, thinking like, what devil sent you in my path? You you, you know what I mean? You know? And so the kids are like, can we get those? And we're like, yeah, of course. And we gave her some insulin for it and gave it to her. Right. Looking back now, I never would have given her insulin for a popsicle in that scenario, knowing her blood sugar or not knowing her blood sugar. And so we, you know, she eats the popsicle. We walk back to the hotel. Kids are again exhausted. She goes to sleep. The, about an hour later, the grunting sound happens. And I'm like, this time I'm like, oh, 
there's no raccoon in the house. Arden's having a seizure. I know what this is. And so it was both comforting and hilarious and scary. All three, excuse me, not both, but all three. I went into the other room, got her. Sure enough, she was having a seizure. We went right for the glucose gel because we're like, well, we know this works. And I take the cap off the glucose gel and go to squeeze some out. It won't come out. And in the panic, I just thought, I don't know what I thought, but just the little silver paper was still over the thing, the freshness seal. I squeezed it way too hard. The freshness seal did not come off, but it sprung a pinhole in the back corner of like the sealed part of the tube. So imagine icing tubing and I'm squeezing it and I am writing in calligraphy all over the ceiling of the hotel room in this laser thin beam of glucose. Oh no. And we all look up. Everyone laughs. We spin the thing around and shoot the glucose gel into her mouth out of the pinhole instead of out of the thing, rub it in her cheeks. She wakes back up again. She's fine. She's kind of looking at you like, yo, what's up? And uh, we get we get her stable, make sure she's not falling, and we put her back to bed. Yeah. And the whole thing took like 15 minutes. Right. And then that, that was sort of the end of it. And she's never had one since then. You, you know, but we learned yeah. a lot in that in that time. Absolutely. Um, so if you don't think that's going to ever happen... I hope it doesn't happen to you, but to live like it can't happen, that's a mistake. Right. And and so back to my original point, when, when I used to spend time before when Arden was younger, going into school and saying, look, here's what you really need to understand about diabetes. And I would go over the stuff, but I would always end with, I know you feel like we're sitting here today getting ready for when it happens because it's something we can prepare for. I'm like, but the, the secret about the diabetes in an emergency is you sort of can't prepare for it. Like if you knew it was coming, you'd stop right. it. And that's always the weird part about this stuff is it always happens just when you would never expect it to happen. Like, because otherwise you'd be sitting around going, oh, you know what's going to, this afternoon is totally a seizure situation. Right. Like no one thinks that right. way. And so I don't know. I just, um, I think it's incredibly important to be prepared. It is. Well, um, and, and one additional to that, like preparation, let's say you are prepared, you've done all of your homework, you know, you've got the glucagon, you know how, you know, to use it, your friends know how to use it or whatever. And I, I bring this in because it's something <clears throat> that I do discuss, especially with like older teens and like college students and anybody who does a lot of socializing within their mm-hmm. job. I think it's it's really important to know that there may be a point at which glucagon may not work. And that is And that's around with drinking, alcohol. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, there really is, there's a real reason. It's not like the glucagon is like, oh, I'm just not going to work today. You know, It's, a, <laughs> it's not it's upset not with upset you for with being it, a no. drunkard. No. It's like, you know what? <laughs> Jenny drinks too much. She doesn't deserve for me to work. It's not like that, right? You're not being judged by the glucagon? Right, she had beer and I would have rather she had like, you know, a Mai Tai or something. No, not at all. It's just, you know, it's the, there are biological reasons, right? I mean, your liver, Mm -hmm. again, your liver is like this phenomenal organ in your body. It really is. It's, It's fantastic. And it does a tremendous amount of stuff for you. One of them is, I mean, you kind of call it your body's detoxifier, Right. I mean, that's a really like nutshell term for the things it does. But the liver's task of ridding the alcohol out of the system, which it sees as a toxin, it's going Mm -hmm. to do that first before it does anything. That is its job. It's going to see a toxin. It's going to be like, this body doesn't need this. Let's get rid of it. And it takes 
a while for your body to process that alcohol. So I, I think it's like mm-hmm. one drink takes about an hour and a half to process out of the body. Okay. okay. Um, so in that time period, your liver isn't going to as e- efficiently or as effectively check into what's happening with your blood sugar. Right? Yeah. It's not a multitasker, <laughs> right, really. It's not. But okay. in that, if you give glucagon in that scenario, and now you're asking the liver to do another task, it's not a multitasker. <laughs> it, right. doesn't, yeah, like, no, it doesn't I, juggle. I'm busy I'm already. Busy. So are you... I feel like Jenny's saying that a, a liver is more like a guy. <laughs> like you give it a thing to do and it does that thing until that thing's over and then it moves on to something else. I know this is a generalization that's sexist, but you know, I, I don't know that it's, I don't know that it's that wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and drinking right. in and of okay. itself can also, you know, um, do some crazy things just to blood sugar levels in, in general, right? So if it's got mm-hmm. carbs in it, if it doesn't have carbs in it, it's pure alcohol, et cetera. Um, you may not have been eating with the alcohol. So, I mean, there are a host of other things that could go into a low blood sugar in terms of alcohol consumption. But one of the things, of course, is that the liver's not doing that drip drip of glucose, right? Or glycogen okay. to turn into glucose, et cetera. So your basal then that's dripping in the time period that it was beautifully tested, it should be working great. Your basal's managing without the normal glucose drip. Oh. There, right? I feel like that's a very important point. So yeah. Okay. if it's not doing that, then what happens? You get a low blood sugar. Now, when you take right. the glucagon, you're now telling your liver, like I said before, to do something to release mm-hmm. this glycogen and to give you some extra glucose to bring the blood sugar up. And there's either a major delay or it doesn't it doesn't do it. So really in okay. drinking some emergency, you know, if you're with it enough to know that your blood sugar is dropping, obviously simple carb. You can do the juice. You can do that as if you're with friends, college friends, a spouse, a significant other, whatever they should know where the glucose gel is, something safe. If it's Mm -hmm. not glucose gel, they should know where the honey is. If they don't know where the honey is, make sure it's cake frosting. Something that can be squirted into the cheek, can be rubbed in, massaged in, it starts to absorb and it can bring the blood sugar up. So right. we don't want it. We don't want to have to swallow it to make this process happen. We want it to absorb through the lining in your mouth. Correct. Exactly. So that's one, I, I think one in that like emergency time of potential, oh, get the glucagon out. <laughs> try some other try stuff some first other right stuff first. Yeah. obviously yeah. even yeah. calling you know emergency services obviously if you're with somebody you really don't know what to do call mm. 911 and it's, yeah so well it's so interesting because what you just said about you know when the liver stops making you know when it stops dripping out this glucagon this glucose we, we always talk about, you know, you need your basal insulin set up. I mean, I'm always saying, right, it's like timing and amount. It's the, the right amount of insulin at the right time against carbs or body function. And, you know, then we talk about body function being like stress or anxiety or pain or, you know, all that. Or your liver right. and what your liver's doing. That's a body function that's causing your blood sugar to try to go up. And if all of a sudden it's not trying to do that anymore, now your basal's it's too, too much. much. Right. It's actually on top of everything else. Right. I mean, it's actually the reason that with alcohol, our standard of of education that we say to do is for every alcoholic beverage to take your basal rate, if you're using a pump, that is, take your basal insulin mm-hmm. down by 40%. And 
and set it okay. to last duration at least two hours for every drink consumed. So if at the end of the night you've had, you know, four drinks, that's eight hours worth of a decreased basil. Yeah. So. Okay. All right. So let me, so now I have this question as we're having this conversation and maybe I'm wrong, but this thing that we call glucagon that we eject inject in emergency situations, is it actually glucagon or is it something that makes your body produce glucagon? When you have diabetes and use insulin, low blood sugar can happen when you don't expect it. Gvoke Hypopen is a ready-to-use glucagon option that can treat very low blood sugar in adults and kids with diabetes ages 2 and above. Find out more. Go to gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. Gvoke shouldn't be used in patients with pheochromocytoma or insulinoma. Visit gvokeglucagon.com slash risk. The Remastered Diabetes Pro Tip Series is sponsored by Ascensia Diabetes, makers of the Contour Next Gen Blood Glucose Meter, and they have a unique offer just for listeners of the Juicebox podcast. If you're new to Contour, you can get a free Contour Next Gen Starter Kit by visiting this special link, contournext.com forward slash juiceboxfreemeter. When you use my link, you're going to get the same accurate meter that my daughter carries contournext.com forward slash juice box free meter head there right now and get yourself the starter kit this free kit includes the contour next gen meter 10 test strips 10 lancets a lancing device control solution and a carry case but most importantly it includes an incredibly accurate and easy to use blood glucose meter this contour meter has a bright light for nighttime viewing, an easy-to-read screen. It fits well in your hand and features second-chance sampling, which can help you to avoid wasting strips. Every one of you has a blood glucose meter. You deserve an accurate one. Contournext.com forward slash juice box free meter to get your absolutely free Contour Next Gen starter kit sent right to your door. When it's time to get more strips, you can use my link and save time and money buying your Contour Next products from the convenience of your home. It's completely possible that you will pay less out-of-pocket in cash for your Contour strips than you're paying now through your insurance. ContourNext.com forward slash juice box free meter. Go get yourself a free starter kit. While supplies last, U.S. residents only. Touched by Type 1 has a wide array of resources and programs for people living with Type 1 diabetes. When you visit touchedbytype1.org, go up to the top of the page where it says Programs. There you're going to see all of the terrific things that Touched by Type 1 is doing. And I mean, it's a lot. Type 1 at school, the D-Box program, Golfing for Diabetes, Dancing for Diabetes, which is a terrific program. You Just click on that to check that out. Bowl for a Cause, their awareness campaigns, and the annual conference that I've spoken at a number of years in a row. It's just amazing, just like Touched by Type 1. Touchedbytype1.org, or find them on Facebook and Instagram. Links in the show notes. Links at juiceboxpodcast.com to Touched by Type 1 and the other great sponsors that are supporting the remastering of the Diabetes Pro Tip Series. Touchedbytype1.org. No, it... I... I understand that it's glucagon. 
So glucagon makes your body make more glucagon? Glucagon injected makes your liver release glycogen and, and transition it into glucose. Okay. So is the stuff that we're injecting helping bring up our blood sugar, or is it just making that function happen? It's making the function, or, bo- right. or both. It, the glucagon that you inject is telling your body to release the stored glucose and send it into the system. That's what raises the blood sugar. Gotcha. It seems like such a simple thing, but as we were talking, we're a half an hour into this, and I'm like, maybe I don't understand what's in the vial. <laughs> it's a tube. Unless somebody else knows something else, I... All the years, it Uh, is glucagon in the, it's in that little vial. And it's not a very stable compound at all. I mean, that's why it's in that, like, that's why it's shift the way it is. Shift the way it is. That's why it expires so frequently. Um, Mm It's why you have to mix it and use it. Um, I mentioned briefly before even using mini glucagon, a small portion of what you mix up. If you are, you know, alone and you can use it yourself. that vial that you mix up then it's only good for 24 hours kept in yeah. the refrigerator so and so and so you're talking right now about the one that comes in the red yep. box the one that's made by Correct. lily so i guess let's break them down a little bit because now there's suddenly on the market more glucagon yeah. it for ever and ever it was the you got the red box right and so inside of that red box from lily is a vial like a, a glass vial mm-hmm. and it's got powder inside mm-hmm. of it and then there's a a needle with, and it's an intermuscular needle. It's not an under the, it's not an under the skin, like little insulin needle. It's like a all the way. And it's a pretty good needle. size needle. Yeah. It's a hunk mm-hmm. of a needle is what it is. And so you pull out the vial with the powder in it. You take the needle and you inject the liquid that's in the needle into the vial. Then you kind of spin it together, you know, between your two hands. I know you can't see what I'm doing, yep. but yep. anyway, that, and then it, it, it constitutes yeah. it. It mixes the powder with the liquid then you have to draw it back into the syringe, and then you're supposed to stick that syringe like into the muscle in your butt, right? They or usually like that. say right into the butt. Yep. I mean, okay. th- yes, that's the easiest place. And, and you're injecting that glucagon into the muscle. All right. Now, that's one glucagon. But since that's happened, another company made a nasal glucagon. Who mm-hmm. made that? Do you remember? Um, Gosh, I don't remember the name of the company. It's Baximi is the name, though. Of the, of the, of the okay. nasal glucagon. So, so, mm-hmm. And so now that's sort of like, you know, everyone I think assumed it was like an aerosol, but it's more powdery, right? And I, have you talked to anybody who's used it? Yet? I've not talked to anybody who used it. I I have it myself. Um, I did get mm-hmm. a prescription for it, and part of the reason, quite honestly, that I got a prescription for it um, is well, twofold. It's it's certainly much easier to use um, from all of the research and all the studies. Um, the there's a significant decrease in accuracy of use or a significant okay. increase in the accuracy of use with the vaccine compared to the mixed injectable. Um, okay. And I'm, let me, let me take it for a second. I'm looking at it. So it's actually also made by Lily oh, yeah. and, and it's, and so it looks like it comes in a thing that looks like, you know, saline, you'd spray in it, your nose. The tube looks like a saline thing you'd spray yep. in your nose, but I'm reading it here. It is a powder. Mm-hmm. Dry powder spray in a portable single-use ready-to-use device. Now, I've only heard from a couple of people who have tried it, and so far the people who have tried it have said to me that it burned their nose. Oh, interesting. Like so, the inside of their nose. I don't. They didn't say about how well or not well it worked, but Jenny's hearing that it it works more, uh, that it works better than the 
In Does, terms of accuracy, it works. From what I know, it works the same as dosing, but the accuracy, if somebody else has to give it to you, it's more accurately delivered. Oh, okay. So in a panic situation, your friend is a little more able to stick something in your nose and squeeze it yes. than it is to do everything I just described and then Correct. stick it in your butt. Correct. I mean, okay. I guarantee well, that, butt, you know, when Arden was two and a half, if you had had something like this, taking it out of the bottle, sticking it in your nose and pushing it in, you would have had no trouble doing that. You would, would have been, have been able, able to figure, to figure out. it out. And I, you know, a big part of um, having it in the house is because with little kids, you know, I, my seven-year-old's a smart kid. And... Mm. While he would know to call 911, he would know to go to the neighbor if, if I was alone with them and I wasn't right. Um, yeah. This is something that I easily showed him in two minutes. And yeah. I was like, this is all you got to do and then run to the neighbors. That's that's all you got to do. <laughs> you know, you're going to sleep soundly one day and wake up. <laughs> With a burning in a burning in your nose and and their front door wide open, <laughs> kid's gonna be like, "Mommy's down," and you'll be like, "No, I was just sleeping." Uh, so now there's a third one on the market, and I, I just left Arden's um, appointment the other day, and I got our glucagon changed to Givoke. Okay. So so Givoke comes in a syringe still, but it is, um, the, I think the kind of the genius of what this company figured out is, is that it's, it's pre-constituted. You don't have to mix it. It's not a powder and a liquid and it's incredibly stable. So my assumption, I'm making an assumption that you, you might, you know, maybe people who used to think, Oh, one day we're going to make a closed loop system with glucagon in it, but we couldn't cause they couldn't figure out how to keep that glucagon stable long enough. I'm starting to think maybe that that might be the next step after these algorithms. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe it will be a dual chamber pump with an algorithm and yeah. this, but I went with this one and I will be hundred percent honest. Why there's two things. The nasal thing to me um, seemed everything. What Jenny just said, like seemed super easy to do and all that stuff. And as soon as I started hearing about the burning, I thought, okay, like that makes sense. Um, and I, but I still was going to go with it until, and again, this is me being very honest the makers of Juvoke said, we'd like to come on the podcast and talk about the, the glucagon. Gotcha. And so sometime in the future, you're going to hear an interview with um, the CEO and he's going to tell you why the company started and all this stuff. And it was super interesting. He had an incredibly interesting life. I, it's possible that when you listen to it, I mean, if you listen to this podcast enough, you might not be surprised by this, but I don't know exactly how much we're going to talk about the glucagon and how much I'm just going to be like, so what did you do after college? <laughs> and like, that's weird. And you know, um, but, but that, so I went with it for two reasons. One, because it's stable and, you know, Mixed I don't have, to, it doesn't have to yeah. be mixed. The injection isn't intramuscular. It's just a normal, it, it, it's just a normal, like little needle. And I thought maybe I can use it for bumping, like doing glucagon, like little bumps too. And, and, and that wouldn't be possible with the nasal. Right. And there is, I mean, there is a guide certainly for using, you're talking about like that mini dosing kind of of glucagon yes. and there is a guide for it. Um, in fact, it's, it's actually a guide that starts with, you know, a tiny, tiny amount for little people. Um, and you and I talked about it on the pro tip I think so, yeah. about, about right. illness. We talked yep. about that. Yep. Right. So people can check that out if they want to hear that. But, and so incredibly ironically, I guess. Not long after you and I recorded the the 
illness pro tips uh, episode, Arden got sick for a number of days. And um, unlike most people who are like, oh, I got sick and my blood sugar went up, Arden gets sick and her blood sugar goes down. Um, so there was this one time her blood sugar was, you know, it was at 70 and I'm like, it's going to hold, it's going to hold, eat something. And then the food didn't do anything to her and it kept drifting down and I gave her more and more. And then there was this moment, you know, we're like 45 minutes into this and she's now 55 and I'm like, Jesus, none of this food is touching her. And I, I, so I'm thinking to myself, what's next? Like I have to do something right now. And I walked up to her with a juice box and she goes like this puts her hand up and she goes, if it's my time, it's my time, <laughs> but I'm not drinking another juice. <laughs> like real super serious and trying to be funny at the same time. I said, right on. Okay. I hear what you're saying. She's like, seriously, if I drink another juice, I'm going to throw up. And I was like, gotcha. So I went downstairs. This is probably, well, first of all, this is completely off label, but it's also why at the beginning of the episode, I tell you, this isn't, I'm just telling you what I did. It's not medical advice. And I took my old, you know, red yep. kit from Lily and I mixed it up. I went back and listened to what you and I said to each other. <laughs> this is me. Like, I'm like, I wonder what yep. I'll do. Uh, you know what? I, there's a podcast episode about this. <laughs> Hold on. And, but I, and I remembered and I drew up like, I kind of spitballed it a little bit. It was off based off of weight. I remembered that. And I drew up seven units and I gave it to her and it took a little while, but no lie her blood sugar went back up, not too far, and it leveled mm-hmm. out and it stayed there. And I was like, right on. I am definitely getting the Juvoke instead of the nasal stuff because this might happen mm-hmm. again. And that, that was my reasoning for going that The big way. question about um, the Juvoke would really be the pen itself. How 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 much is in the pen? Like how many, um, you mm-hmm. know, what's the dosing? Because when you look at how much to give, it's... I think it's if you're over 15, the dose is 15 units of mixed up glucagon. Um, and that okay. would be given kind of like we talked about before in the other um, the other episode, um, a certain amount of time. And then if it doesn't bring the blood sugar above 80, then you redose with double the amount. So just with the GVOC, my question would really be how how much do you know that you're giving as a mini right. dose, Right. And I'm going to find out because you're 100% right. And and so I'm going to try it. And I'm going to mm-hmm. find out. And if it's not right, I'll switch to something yeah. else. I, yeah. I, you know, but, well, it's nice but that it's I think this is going to work. You don't have to do any of that extra stuff. That's really awesome. Yeah. I, I think that as a replacement for the Lily one, this one's a no-brainer, mm-hmm. right? Because you don't have to mix it up and it's not this giant needle. But I think, and this is not something the company said to me, My, but my assumption is the real excitement here is about the possibilities for dual chamber pumping, stable. right? Because it's stable. And not only that, I think the bigger excitement, and I think the CEO alludes to this, if I'm not mistaken, I'd have to go back to listen. But my my assumption is they figured out the science of making something liquid stable, mm-hmm. which now means that science could get applied to other sure. things. I'm, ge- I'm guessing. I'm guessing this is the very infancy of this mm-hmm. company is what I'm, is what I'm thinking. Um, and run by nice people. Cool. So that's cool. Um, okay. So we went over the three different kinds of, uh, glucagon, what, and the when, right. You're going to use glucagon when somebody can't physically take something in their mouth anymore. Right. Right. Um, when Arden had a seizure, we only used the gel and rubbed it into her cheeks. Mm -hmm. We weren't trying to get her to swallow it. If you try to get somebody having a seizure to swallow something, you're going to get them to aspirate. It's bad. Right. Right. right? Right. Don't do that. Right. 
Um, it may be even a, you know, something for, as we know, symptoms of low blood sugar, even if you're not passed out or having a seizure, you could be not together with it, right? I mean, many people mm-hmm. complain about their spouse, significant other child, child getting very violent or very abusive or whatnot. I mean, getting them to eat something is maybe impossible. impossible. Um, so using glucagon in a scenario like that may be your only option. Yeah. You might be you may tackling, be tackling them and holding them down. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but you hold the needle, I'll tackle them Then hand me the needle. It's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, well that really is, you know, I've heard the stories too, and there's been people who've come on here and told them, but I've heard them privately too of the worst scenario ends up being when you're two adults and one of you's physically smaller than the other yeah. one and the the larger person, you know, becomes combative or angry yeah. and I've heard about I've heard about people throwing furniture and, you yeah. know, Say, saying terrible things yep. and, you know, uh, uh, and everything in between. And from a safety so. standpoint, you know, if the person is up and moving and in, let's call it like a violent sort of behavior and you're not safe, just call 911. Call 911, I mean, yeah. that's really, I mean, don't try to get close to them with a needle and try to stab them. I, that is not <laughs> a good idea. So. It's such a, it's such a bad television show. Like you just see two people standing across from each other. And one guy's ranting and raving and holding a lamp and you've got a needle in your hand. Right. You know? <laughs> really? It's like every bad movie you've exactly. ever seen in your life. Um, I think the, the goal would be not to get that low if you absolutely can. But like we said, these are emergencies. They don't happen on purpose. I think it's just very important to remember, like, you can't plan for an emergency. I mean, you can plan for what to do when it gets there, but you can't plan for when it's going right, to happen. Right. So let's talk about, since we're in this vein right now and we're using up our time and we have a couple more minutes, um, let's talk first about low symptoms. Um, some of the things you've heard people say, and I will start with the one that Arden tells me. What is happening? Why, are, why am I being treated poorly here? Oh, you know what? Actually, this is funny. It's um, Express Scripts. I have to say okay to oh, prescription the, to the to the glucagon oh, prescription. I'll, I'll call funny. them back. I'll have to call them back in a little bit. But I know that's what that is. Now my wife has picked it up downstairs and she's busy listening to a recording, um, and she's trying to figure out why she's listening to it. Probably. Um, so Arden, we the other day she she got a little low, mm-hmm. right? And we were going right into a restaurant, so she went like quickly from like seventy five to 60. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Hey, you're dropping. And she's like, yeah, I know. And I was like, how do you know? And she said, my lips are Mm -hmm. numb. And I was like, really? She goes, yeah. She's like, that's the one that I like. That's my physical tell. She's like, my, my lips get numb. And she goes, and if you don't take care of it, she's like, I didn't realize before. So, so she told me a story. She said one time she was out with my wife and this happened and my wife gave her uh, a drink to have. And she drank it and Arden's like, oh, this tastes terrible. And my wife's like, really? And my wife tried it and said, Kelly's like, no, it seems fine. And Arden kept drinking it. And a little while later, I think we were at a baseball game for my sons and I was on the other side of the field. So I came back over eventually. And my wife's like, hey, Arden was low earlier, but we took care of it. She drank this. She said it tasted weird. And so I tasted it and I was like, I'm so, I don't taste fine, you know? And so it took Arden, she said it took her years to figure out that when that numbness comes, it's it's affecting like her tongue and her mouth too. She feels it on her lips. It's sense of she's taste. like everything everything tastes weird. Mm. 
at that moment. I was like, oh, no kidding. So I was wondering if that happened to anybody. But what are some of the other, like, what happens to you? So, and I think that's, it's good to acknowledge symptoms and understand that there are many symptoms because they can also change over the years. Like I, um, you know, when I was younger, my symptoms were the classic, like I would get like visibly shaky. I could hold my hand Mm -hmm. out and I was like visibly shaky beyond just the internal symptom. It was, there was a visible cue there too. In college, Mm -hmm. I also had something very similar to what Arden is describing, but it was more, um, it was more like an internal mouth numbness. It wasn't really my, my lips. It was more like an internal mouth, like. It almost like, you know what it feels like to be numbed at the dentist that like you feel like your yeah. whole mouth is thick and like pudgy. Mm-hmm. That's what it felt like to me. Um, now, how long did it last after you ate? Like after you brought your blood sugar back, did it last? Ah, uh, from- gosh. I mean, I would say it probably lasted a bit of time after my blood sugar was actually normal um, because okay. I specifically remember it um, like in college, I was still on injections. And so I would often have that as I came into lunch because I had pretty Mm -hmm. full mornings of like zooming around on campus and getting back and forth to classes and whatnot. And so I would often have that at lunchtime. And I can say that before I headed out into my next course of classes in the afternoon, I still had that feeling even though my blood sugar was already back up from having eaten. Mm -hmm. So I guess for a a bit of time, it seemed to last. Um, Whereas my symptoms now don't last after I've treated, they don't last long unless it is, unless it's been a significant drop that's happened very, very quickly. And Mm -hmm. it takes a while for the carbs to kind of start to make me feel better. Um, my, My symptoms now are much more like, this like feeling of everything rapidly moving. Like I feel like the world is spinning and moving and my thoughts are fast, but I, I feel like I'm walking through mud. I feel like I just, I can't keep up with the way that my brain is thinking about things. So Mm -hmm. I, I, I wonder if we'll never know, obviously, but I wonder if your thoughts are at regular speed and your body is slowed down. Or if your thoughts are sped up and your body's at regular, I'm so interested in that. There's no way to know, but because right. it's one or the other, right? Like your one part of you is being fooled about, about something. something. Yeah. Yeah. And everything feels <laughs> like it's like, like you feel like in, that might be what it is. Maybe it's like that. Maybe you feel like you're in slow motion. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Isn't it weird? It's, it feels like it, it, it makes me feel like you're in like a dream. Right. And you're like kind of screaming, like, you know what's going on, but you can't affect right. anything. Is it that kind of a feeling or no? Am I wrong? It's somewhat. Yeah. The other one is kind of feeling like drunk. Like I get um, kind of tipsy and I'm like, I've, I've literally been like drunk maybe three times in my whole entire life. Um, right. But that's what it feels and, like. <laughs> but that's and not every time, but some of my lows feel, and I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a very happy, like drunk person. Right. <laughs> like I'm oh, whatever, <laughs> everything is fun and happy. I'm not an angry drunk. Uh, <laughs> so I get kind of tipsy with a low blood sugar, okay. sort of like, 
ha 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 that's funny when it really isn't funny at all well it's and it's like i'm describing with arden too like because she's done that a couple of times like you know i'll be like arden get up you have to do something your blood sugar's low and she'd be like i'm just gonna die over here like but that's very jovial when she says it like she's very like jokey about it like Like, it's it's cool yeah it'll just be fine but you know yeah, I, I, I think it's interesting. So when people, have you heard from other people like some of the stuff? Because they, or, or before we go into that, let me ask you this one. When you wake up after you've been low for a while and you didn't know, why are you so sweaty? Do you know? It, well, it, why do it people is, sweat when their blood sugar is low? A, it's a body response um, to the low blood sugar. Um, all of the physiologic like mechanisms that make it happen, I I can't really speak to, but I do know it's very, very common to wake up in a sweat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like bad, like change your clothes after you treat your blood sugar, like take the sheets and wave them around for a while. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just like, that's exactly right. I even kids, um, you know, I've, I've heard some parents comment too that, you know, an older child who obviously wouldn't be wetting the bed anymore, um, with Mm -hmm. a low blood sugar may have, mainly because they've not got the conscious, I guess, ability during that time period for their brain to wake them up to actually get up and go to the bathroom um, because they're low, you know? So, but I mean, outright symptoms, you know, even blurred vision can be one of those sort Mm -hmm. of like a tipsy feeling on your feet, the shakiness in the hands, people talking kind of like, kind of like off the rocker, sort of like you ask them a question, they don't make sense. sense. Yeah. Confu- or confused yeah. mm-hmm. right and it and it i guess it it's funny too like i i've read you know back in the day like all kinds of blog posts from people where they talk about being low and everyone describes it like slightly differently but i think it's situational mm-hmm. too it's uh really interesting there's somebody i keep thinking of having on just to describe a low one time because th- this person's low was like an amazing story mm-hmm. and uh, i'll have to see if i can figure that out someday um okay treating things like let's so let's talk about it for like to finish up real quick. My blood sugar's falling, but I don't want to get high again. I'm ahead of it now. Like you know, I know people know Arden's a juice box person. If she, you know, if if she's looking for a quick hit, if she's not hungry, yep. juice boxes work for her. We use this very specific juice box. I think it's important to remember that you're not looking to drink. So I found the smallest box I can with the most carbs yep. in it, so that she's not having just like i i i started helping arden's friend the other day um and you're gonna and she's doing great by the way um yeah and but you know at the first time i was like hey i need you to drink some juice she pulled out this juice box and it was huge and i'm like yo yo you that's here and i sent her a link i was like get these like you're killing yourself you're drinking eight ounces of juice to get 15 carbs i i I only want you to you know the juice is medicine it's not for fun like you know what i mean so juice boxes work i've talked to people who use jelly beans Skittles, Um, glucose, glucose tablets, Skittles. Like, so you're, you're looking for something that's a real simple sugar that's getting absorbed in your mouth and then hitting your body quickly when you swallow it. Like that's it. So what, so sometimes people say milk, but I don't think milk's as fast, right? That's yeah. I mean, ages ago, that was one of the treatment things, even on my list when I was little for low blood sugars, it was milk. Well, when you consider like whole milk, one, there's fat there, there's protein there. And yeah. the body actually have to has to break down the milk sugar in order to get the glucose mm-hmm. part out of it, which is what actually brings your blood sugar up. So I I don't ever recommend milk. 
I really don't. Right. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it it's a. I don't think it's a good low. I mean, obviously, if you don't have anything else around, have at it. Drink your milk. But mm-hmm. there are much better simple sugar things to carry along with you, even dried fruit. And, you know, when I was little, my mom actually used to um, give me the little mini, mini boxes of raisins. And then I, at the end of the school year, had these like dead raisins sitting all over the bottom of my backpack that had to be like, (laughs) they were disgusting. They were like, you know, full of dirt and they were gross. But that was what worked. I mean, raisins were easy. They they worked well. Um, God, the glucose tablets when I was little were horrid. They were horrid. Horrid. Mm. I mean, if you think they're bad now, now, they were oh, like bad, bad, bad years ago. I mean, now the only ones, and I don't even, I don't, I don't know if they're on back order still, but the Gluco Lift brand is the only one that I love. Um, they taste good. good. They don't come from a GMO glucose source. Um, all the colors and the flavors come from natural fruit and fruit extract. Mm-hmm. So they're not artificial. Um, you know, no lake number 70 or whatever it is. Uh, <laughs> so, but something simple. Um, I like your juice box though. I actually have kind of the opposite. I look for the smallest juice box that has the least amount of carb in it because I, you want to drink the either whole thing. I'm, either I'm like half awake if I ever do have to treat a low overnight, which thankfully I haven't had to do in a really long time, but mm. I don't want at two o'clock in the morning to have to be completely fully conscious, like treat to say to to yourself, I really just need half of this juice box. And so the juice boxes I get are actually they're they're four ounces and they're only eight grams of carb a piece. That's Oh, cool. So, you know, um, they work nice. Nice. I know um, Arden also carries those little pouches of fruit snacks yeah. with her, and they always have like eight or nine fruit snacks in them. And I will sometimes text her and be two. like, eat four yeah. fruit snacks. Yeah. yeah, eat two fruit yeah. snacks. So the other morning, we were heading to school, and she goes, here, throw this out for me. And she gives me a package of open fruit snacks that still have four in them, but they're hard as a rock, you know? And um, she's like, they're hard. And I was like, okay, I'll get rid of them for you. Um, and But yeah, she always has one of those. So in her bag, she has a juice, a small juice box, and a small pack of fruit snacks. And she always has that yes. with her. And then and then there's juice boxes sort of spread around the school. Mm-hmm. So Arden's in high school, so she changes, obviously, Class. you know, yep. classes. So there's a, you know, in a closet somewhere, there's a couple of juices in each class. And then wherever she is, and she has to take one out and drink it from her purse, if she does, she just hits the closet and replenishes her yep. purse. You know, I, I, I have to say that we don't, you know, the beginning of the school year is not as, um, it's not as intense when you're older and you've done it for a while. We just take two bricks of juice boxes and spread them around like, right. you know, like rose petals at a, at a wedding. We're just like, throw some here, throw some here, <laughs> throw some there. And then you're done. And then maybe once a year, Arden will be like, hey, I need more juice yeah. boxes. So she might go through, I don't know, she might go through 10, 20 of them a year at yeah. school. But that's, that's pretty, pretty much mi- it. That's you know, pretty minimal. That's actually yeah. pretty good. Yeah. You know, when you when you get to be an adult with diabetes and have kids in your house, you actually have to be um, kind of good at hiding things. Be- or it or disappears. It, or it on disappears. You. Like literally, I mean, even, um, I mean, even my husband will drink them or eat them. And he, I mean, he, you know, he'll tell me if they're obviously mm-hmm. not there anymore, but, um, I mean, my kids, if I have my glucose tablets out, they love them. So I hide them. And so it's like, it becomes really important. Like purses, my purses, I have like these internal, like hidden pox pockets in many of my mm-hmm. purses because 
when they see an open purse on the table or the floor, they're like, oh, does mommy have any of her stuff in here? Like, mommy's <laughs> stuff is for a really important reason. <laughs> you actually reminded me that during during a family vacation once, there was an argument because we were we were in a moment where it was summertime. And we now, by the way, we now, because of Disney, knew how, like, magical popsicles were, right? They give you a little bump, but they didn't make you go too high or anything like that. And for Arden, at least. And so we bought these box of popsicles. Like, you know, you get to a shore house, you go out and go yeah. shopping. And someone said, oh, I'm going to have a popsicle. And Kelly's like, hey, you know, I just I need you not to touch those. We've got them in case Arden gets low, which prior to all the technology was going to right. happen. Like, you were going to use those popsicles. And one of the parents said, that's not fair to the other kids. And I remember Kelly going, well, tell them to get diabetes and then they can have all the popsicles <laughs> they want out of the box, you know? But like for right now, just don't touch the popsicles. But it actually caused, a, it, it was like, uh, like, you know, that's that's not fair. <laughs> or Kelly's like, are we talking about right. fair? Because my kids, my kids got diabetes. I mean, if we're, if we're measuring fair, I think right. I win, you know, you know like, right. so anyway, do you feel like we did a good job here? I do too. All right, cool. So I will, so let me say goodbye and let you get back to your business. I want to thank Ascensia Diabetes for sponsoring the Remastered Diabetes Pro Tip Series. Don't forget, you can get a free Contour Next Gen Starter Kit at contournext.com forward slash juice box free meter. While supplies last, U.S. residents only. If you're enjoying the Remastered episodes, of the Diabetes Pro Tip Series from the Juicebox Podcast, you have Touched by Type 1 to thank. TouchedbyType1.org is a proud sponsor of the remastering of the Diabetes Pro Tip Series. Learn more about them at touchedbytype1.org. A huge thank you to one of today's sponsors, Gvoke Glucagon. Find out more about Gvoke Hypopen at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juicebox. You spell that G-V-O-K-E-G-L-U-C-A-G-O-N dot com forward slash juice box. Jenny Smith holds a bachelor's degree in human nutrition and biology from the University of Wisconsin. She is a registered and licensed dietitian, a certified diabetes educator, and a certified trainer on most makes and models of insulin pumps and continuous glucose monitoring systems. She's also had type 1 diabetes for over 35 years, and she works at integrateddiabetes.com. If you're interested in hiring Jenny, you can learn more about her at that link. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Now, listen, there's 26 episodes in this series. You might not know what each of them are. I'm going to tell you now. Episode 1000 is called Newly Diagnosed or Starting Over. Episode 1001, All About MDI. 1002, All About Insulin. 1003 is called Pre-Bolus, episode 1004, Temp Basal, 1005, Insulin Pumping, 1006, Mastering a CGM, 1007, Bump and Nudge, 1008, The Perfect Bolus, 1009, Variables, 1010, Setting Basal Insulin, 1011, Exercise, 1012, Fat and Protein, 1013, Insulin Injury and Surgery. 1014, Glucagon and Low BGs. In episode 1015, Jenny and I talk about emergency room protocols. In 1016, Long-Term Health. 1017, Bump and Nudge Part 2. In episode 1018, 
pregnancy. 1019, explaining type 1. 1020, glycemic index and load. 1021, postpartum. 1022, weight loss. 1023, honeymoon. 1024, female hormones. And in episode 1025, we talk about transitioning from MDI to pumping. Before I go, I'd like to share two reviews with you of the Diabetes Pro Tip series. One from an adult and one from a caregiver. I learned so much from the Pro Tip series when our son was diagnosed last summer. It really helped get me through those first few very tough weeks. It wasn't just your explanations of how it all works, which were way better than anything our diabetes educator told us, but something about the way you and Jenny presented everything, even the scary stuff, that reassured me that we could figure out how to deal with this and to teach our son how to deal with it too. Thank you for sharing your knowledge and experience with us. This podcast is a game changer. 25 years as a type 1 diabetic, and only now am I learning some of the basics. Scott brings useful information and presents it in digestible ways. Learning that pre-bolus doesn't just mean bolus before you eat, but means timing your insulin so that it is active as the carbs become active, took me already from a decent 6.5A1C down to a 5.6 in the past eight months. I've never met Scott, but after listening to hundreds of episodes and joining him in his Facebook group, I consider him a friend. Listening to this podcast and applying it has been the best thing I have done for my health since diagnosis. I genuinely hope that the Diabetes Pro Tip series is valuable for you and your family. If it is, find me in the private Facebook group and say hello. If you're enjoying the Juice Box podcast, please share it with a friend, a neighbor, your physician, or someone else who you know that might also benefit from the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juice Box Podcast.